How you guys doing this morning? Good. I tell you, it is good to be with brothers and sisters. It really is. I spent the last couple weekends um, just diving into the world of disc golf and getting to hang out with people that love disc golf, and um, it's something I love. And but it's it's empty ultimately. I mean, it's something that's enjoyable, but something that fades after time. And so, getting to be with brothers and sisters in Christ, um, people that love the Lord, is is just a treat. So happy to be with you all here this morning. For those that don't know me, my name is Ben, one of the pastors here. And today is going to be a more unique Sunday. Uh, today we are celebrating graduates. But lest I lose the rest of you to checking out uh, because you aren't a graduate, uh, let me paint a broader picture for the morning. I've been to a lot of graduations. A lot. Uh, in my time as a youth pastor, I've been to over 50. Uh, I'm not sure on the exact number. I went to one yesterday. Uh, my record in one year is eight graduations, a number I've hit more than once. I've even started writing lyrics to Pomp and Circumstance. I, you got to do something when you hear that song over and over and over. Every graduation speech I've heard, which again has been a lot, includes at least one, but usually both of the following two elements, remembering the past and looking ahead. I've heard some pretty good graduation speeches and some, well, you know, but each one sold the listener short when it didn't make the gospel central to remembering and to looking ahead. We're going to look at both of these elements today, but we're going to look at what the Bible has to say. It breaks my heart as I hear some of these passionate speeches that have good advice, yet they're missing the one thing that would take them from simple rhetoric to life-changing words. So yes, we're going to talk about graduation today. But here's the broader picture. This morning is about transitions. Maybe you're moving from middle school to high school. Maybe you're finishing up college and about to plunge into the working world. Maybe you're starting a new job or moving. Maybe you're new to NBC and walking through the transition of a new church. If that's you, by the way, welcome. We'd love for you to just say hello, like Dave said, with the blue card in front of you. But many of you probably aren't making any transitions right now. You're not off the hook. Because I'm sure you know someone that's making a transition. I pray you'll take what we'll talk about this morning and help that person transition well. Watch this video. Graduation. It's hard to believe it's time. But before I step through the next door of my life, I want to say thanks. Whether it was my first step or crossing the street, you held my hand and taught me to look both ways, in traffic and in life. You took the time to explain that impossibly hard math problem. You're the one who wiped away the tears when I lost my ball game 
the one who clapped the loudest at my recital. You showed me what Christ's love is really like and taught me He is the only way and my hope for the future. You were the hands of Christ in my life that held me up when I fell and the feet that walked with me as I stumbled, learned, and grew. You said I was His workmanship, made in His image and immeasurably loved. To my dad, my mom, my grandma, my grandpa, my pastor, my Sunday school teacher, my aunt, my uncle, to my bus driver, my tutor, my friend. You took the time, and I want to say thank you. When I walk across the stage, you will be walking with me. Your wisdom and courage, your strength and love, your faith and sacrifice, they're all with me. And one day, because of you, I plan to give all this to someone else. Just like you gave it to me. I love that list of people. If you are transitioning, there are plenty of people around you to support you. People to lean on, plenty of people that have contributed to where you are and where you're going. But if you're not transitioning, you're the person that's contributing. You are the support. You are there helping that person transition so they can do the same for others. This morning, we will talk about how to transition well. So if you're in the midst of a transition, pay attention. This is for you. And if you're not in the middle of a transition, pay attention. Someone you love needs this now or will need this soon, and they'll want to hear it from you. As we dive into God's word this morning, looking at these two transition elements, remembering and looking ahead from a biblical perspective, let's pray. God, we want you to be the center. We want you to be the focus. And God, as we dive into your word, as we look at what you have for us, um, God, we think of the people around us, the people that have influenced our lives, that have pushed us forward, that have helped us with transitions. God, I can think of countless people that have helped shape me, ultimately because they continue to point me back to you. So God, as we look at what your word has to say, God, let us think of those people, let us celebrate those people, but also let us look forward to others that need to hear this stuff from us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we, before we get to remembering and looking ahead, these two elements that are kind of in every graduation speech, it's important to finish well where you are. If you like filling in blanks, there's a couple blanks on your paper to fill in. If you like doodling, that's there for you as well. 
finish well. It's important to finish well. To be present mentally while you're present physically. Joseph did an amazing job of this. So did Daniel. So did Paul. They took whatever circumstance they were in and did everything they could for their God in that scenario. Now, I know this isn't a one-to-one comparison. It's not like Daniel was counting down the days until the exile was over. (laughs) He didn't know when that was coming. But here's the parallel. Instead of checking out of their present situation and putting all their energy into longing for what was next, each of them made the most of where they were uh, when they were there. Joseph faithfully served Potiphar and gained a good reputation. Daniel, while never compromising his faith, led well and was promoted to a position of prominence. Paul shared his faith with his jailers, his guards, the ship captain, anyone around him. And it's some of Paul's words that encourage us to do the same, to finish well. Look on the screen at Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, which says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. This is a charge to be present mentally as you're present physically, to not slack off as the end approaches, to do your best no matter what. It's so easy as you see the end coming. I'm almost there. How many more days? I've been asking students, how many more days do you have left? Some of them are much quicker with that number than others. My seniors are very quick with that number. Every time. It's so easy to see that and then want to be there, but then start acting like you already are done. Don't do it. Keep working hard. You are serving the Lord. As you're approaching these transitions... Finish well. Of course, this mentality requires an eternal perspective on life. We just finished taking the youth this whole school year through the book of Ecclesiastes, where Solomon is trying to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? And he goes through and he looks at all these different things, all these things that are, that are good to pursue in and of themselves, but... Ultimately, as meaning in life, they're empty. They're worthless. We talked about having an eternal perspective. With an earthly perspective, everything is meaningless. But when you have an eternal perspective, there's meaning in life. And Ecclesiastes 12.13 gives us that meaning. Who's got it? One of my students. Yeah. Boom, there it is. Well done, Sadie. Fear God and keep his commandments. And that's what we landed on. It took us a year to get there, uh, but it was a good year of time just soaking in it. And we talked about the value of going through that all and understanding the, the background behind it. Whatever you do, work as for the Lord and not for men. Finish well. Now let's look at our next passage together. Open in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 
chapter 4. <clears throat> Second Timothy chapter 4. This is an encouragement from Paul to his younger protege. It says this. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but, have itching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There's lots of great stuff in here. Let me point out just a couple of things. First of all, in verse 2, he says, Be ready in season and out of season. Take every opportunity you have to preach the word, to be pointing people back to Jesus. If you're already on to the next phase and you're not finishing well, you're not going to see the opportunities that are staring right in front of you, that are sitting there as you're starting to check out and think about what's next. So as you're transitioning, finish well and be present in every moment. In verse 5, I love verse 5. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. If you know Paul's life, you know that this isn't just pithy sayings, but this comes from deep and hard experience to endure suffering, to do the work of an evangelist. And verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In whatever transition you're approaching, finish well. Now, Paul is talking about our time on earth, but we can easily take this in subsets. As you finish each season, are you finishing well? Those of you that aren't transitioning, what can you give to those that are? Share your stories. When did you finish well? When did you not finish well? I have stories about both, and I've shared them often with people, letting them learn from my mistakes, letting them learn from times when I actually transitioned well, both to encourage others and to warn. So the first step in transitioning well is to finish well where you are. Next, and this is a part of almost every graduation speech, is remembering. In a graduation speech, the teacher will talk about a lesson that they learned, or a funny story, or their favorite teacher, or an inside joke. And yes, in scripture, there's a lot of remembering that goes on. 
But scripture heads in a totally different direction. In the Bible, remembering is focused on one topic. Remembering the greatness of God by celebrating what he has done. Sure, in graduations, all the remembering is around time at that school, but to what end? It's just remembering for remembering's sake. But remembering in Scripture gives people a foundation on which they can rely as they move forward. Time after time, when I come up against challenges, I remember the faithfulness, the power, the love, and the goodness of my God. This word, remember, is used over 200 times in Scripture. 187 of those times it's used in the Old Testament. The nation of Israel needed to remember. They were facing plenty of challenges. Now, I know you just see a lot of little blips and dots, um, but this is showing the Hebrew word zaker which is the Hebrew word for remember. It's used in 32 of the 39 books in the Old Testament. It's where the name Zechariah comes from. It means the Lord has remembered. Throughout Scripture, there are 10 different summaries of God's faithfulness to the nation of Israel. And four of those 10 summaries are in the book of Psalms. So look right here in the center of how often this word zakir is used in the book of Psalms. It's used over 50 times. And most of the time as it's used, the author is in the midst of a trial or a difficult time, reminding him of who is with him in the midst of his trial. Psalm 13 is my favorite of these. But every psalm tells people to remember the goodness of our God. Every one of these. On Wednesday morning, I was in my Bible reading plan. And my Bible reading plan had me read Psalm 145, which we just sang. I was almost in tears as I read, thinking about what I was going to share today. If you want to read along, you're welcome to. But if you'd like... Just close your eyes and listen as I read out of Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abounding goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. We have a good, 
good father. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare of your mighty acts. We're to pass this on to those that need to hear it. Pass this on to the next generation. Remember the goodness of our God. At times, the Bible tells of God having the people take the remembering to the next level by setting up a monument. So they have something physical to remind them. A graduation is something along those lines. We make a big deal of this kind of transition because it is a big deal. We will also have something that we continue to look back on as a reminder, whether it's a diploma, a cap and gown, a tassel, some photos hung up. These are physical reminders. And God had the nation of Israel use the same. Go ahead and flip if you'd like to Joshua chapter 4. In Joshua chapter, uh, chapter 4, we hear a little bit, uh, just before that, Israel goes and crosses the Jordan River. And they're able to do that uh, because God holds back the waters. And they get to walk across on dry ground. And so we pick up in Joshua chapter 4. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, each from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones here from out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodged tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God, in the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. So use each transition time to remember what God did. They use these stones as a memorial to remember. Maybe even take a cue from Israel using some items as physical reminders of the goodness of our God. Then you have something for others to ask about. If you've ever been in my office, my office is full of items like that. I love people coming in and asking about different things in my office. And I get to point them to God's goodness. So yes, it's good to remember. But as we remember, the focus, the credit, and the glory go to God. In addition to remembering, we need to look ahead. This is the other element that's in every graduation speech that I listen to. And while not every graduation speech reminisces on the past, everyone challenges students towards a brighter future. And though there is plenty of good advice passed on, it's often missing the foundation. Just like a graduate's idea of remembering is missing the focus on God, a graduate is challenged towards a brighter future that they can accomplish on their own. 
This, of course, is a foolish way to think when you know who you are apart from Christ and who Christ is. Open up to Philippians chapter 3. I've had time after time where I've set off on a transition, ready to do amazing things, because I knew how amazing I was, (laughs) or I knew how well-prepared I was. Did you see my GPA? I took all the right classes to be ready for this. I'm going to come in and do this work different and better than anyone else. Did you know that Jesus was right when he said that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled? Time after time, when I've rested on my capabilities and on my laurels, I've failed. I've been humbled. I'm glad I have such a patient God that is willing to continually teach me how incapable I am on my own. Now, this is not to say that we are useless. Not at all. God has a plan for each of his children, and he uses us to carry out his will. So yes, let's listen to the advice these speakers have to share, but put it on a firm foundation. Your own capabilities is a weak foundation. Christ isn't. He's a firm foundation. Here in Philippians 3, we have what I would consider to be the best graduation speech out there. The best way to look ahead. I want you to imagine you're sitting at your graduation or you're preparing for your transition and some guy named Paul stands up at the podium. Paul begins by rattling through his credentials, things he accomplished on his own. He has an impressive resume, but we pick up in verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss For the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You see that? Remembering. For his sake, I have, right here, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. And here's looking ahead in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And look at his focus in verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
Everything is about our Lord and Savior. Without him, we are nothing. I know some of you may feel like you hear this from me a lot. I'm not sorry. (laughs) You're going to keep hearing this from me because this is what you need. This is looking ahead with a firm foundation. This will get you farther than any advice given from any graduation speech. Three years ago, we created a youth group yearbook. As I was wrapping up my sermon, I pulled this off the shelves and took a look. Let me read you the last page. It's still as true today as when I wrote it. It's all about Jesus. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. There is so much I could say to you, students, especially to you graduates. Study hard, love others, be a light, stand strong, keep in touch, live every moment, seek wisdom. I could go on and on, but none of this matters without Jesus. Everything fades in importance when compared with Jesus. In my 30 years of walking with Jesus, the most important thing I've learned is so simple. How desperately I need him. There were times in my life where I felt like I had it all together, where I was so proud of how good of a Christian I was. I learned the truth of Proverbs 16, 18 quickly. Pride goes before destruction. I stumbled, struggled a lot, and was forcefully reminded of who deserves the credit. So continue to look to Jesus because it's all about him. If you can continue to keep that focus, you will find true joy. To finish well is nothing short of hearing the words I long to hear more than any. Well done, good and faithful servant. We transition well when Christ is at the center of everything. God, that is what we want our focus to be, our center to be, our foundation to be. We want everything to be built on you. God, there's lots of great advice out there, lots of great things to learn from others. But when it's not built and grounded in you, it crumbles, it falls. God, be our everything. Be our everything. So that as we look towards transitions, you are there as we look back and remember. You are there as we look ahead. It's all about you, Jesus. That's what we desire. It's in your name we pray. Amen.